victims, for those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners, beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. Welcome back, one and all, to The Horror Returns. I'm Lance, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Brian and Philip. Uh, but tonight, Jack is back, all the way from BingeMedia.net. We've got uh, Jack Falvey the Fourth. How's it going, man? Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Uh, it's good. It's good. I haven't been on in a while with you guys, so it's always good to come and hang out for a couple hours, you know, catch up. Yeah, uh, we, yeah. Think, we think you've qualified for the smoking jacket. Isn't this your fifth uh, appearance? All right. Well, I'll look for it in the mail, so you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Brian, how's, how's your week in Alaska, man? You getting any snow yet? Uh, as of today, yeah. First, first day go. of snow. Holy oh, shit. Not enjoying it, but I'm in flip flops right now. It's beautiful outside. <laughs> I just put my Halloween uh, lights out today, and it was like maybe 60 degrees. So okay, but but, but you did nice. get to watch. You did get to watch some Hocus Pocus two filming. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that, that was that was a little farther back, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, Bill. Uh, cool of the week. I, well, I'm curious about Hocus Pocus too now. Are you? It ain't gonna be cool of the week. I fucking guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah. As Pedro says, nostalgia is a hell of a drug, and yeah. on rewatch of the first one, it's. Well, I haven't heard a lot already. of things. <laughs> uh, my cool of the week actually. Um, I've I've been trying to scare the shit out of my daughter. She's nine, and uh, she's decided that she wants to watch a really scary movie. And so I'm like, oh, okay. And I showed her something terrifying, rel- relatively tame at first. I can't remember even what it was. Um, and she was like, that's not scary. And I was like, okay, well, let's watch the remake of It. And what? she said that wasn't scary. And yeah. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> Here we go. And so I showed her uh, The Exorcist. Like the fucking 2000 edition where she crab walks down the stairs. She told me that wasn't scary. I'm what? like, all right. You're not paying attention to the fucking movie is what the problem is. (laughs) (laughs) I think she just wants scary parts. Um, So I showed her Annabelle Creations. Okay. uh, Because I remembered watching that going, man, this has got a lot of really scary scenes, but, uh, you know, the story's not really there. Um, She loved it. It was – she was definitely scared of that when she was hiding her eyes the whole time. So (laughs) succeeded. So that that, that makes that the official cool of the week then? Uh, I think so. Um, I need to get her to watch his Hellraiser remake. Remake, man, that was well. Uh, that. <laughs> yeah, she might not get everything. What do you think, Jack? Uh, how old is how old's your daughter? If you don't mind asking, she's, she's nine. Yeah, no, we have to like 
maybe mute a couple parts and never close sure. your eyes. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Which we did. Well, no, was, uh, uh, the, the reason I'm asking is because, it, you know, this kind of – I was just on the Benchcast this past week, and we were talking a little bit about this. But, uh, you know, with, with like Hocus Pocus 2, Hocus Pocus is a movie that I feel like is is – it's a good thing that it exists because it's kind of like a gateway Halloween horror movie for little kids, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, same way Gremlins kind of is, you know, and, yeah. and a couple other Joe Dante flicks. But, uh, yeah, I didn't know if you guys had, like, go-to flicks for kids that could get them into horror genre stuff that you that are, like, your, uh, your stalwarts, right? Like, the stuff that you kind of... Yeah, would fall back on and say like, uh, yeah, she's nine, but it eh, should be all right, you know. But I don't know if you, you knew of any others that came to mind as like good kids Halloween horror movies. But. Yeah, I mean, I she's seen some stuff that's relatively scary before, and she's 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 my little horror fan. She's she's a mini me, and uh, nice. Um, I, my son wasn't watching them. He's eleven. He's he's like no, <laughs> but uh. That this is she decided she wanted to be scared, and so I tried to show her the the big boy horror movies, and uh-huh. uh, I I don't think she quite gets it yet. But once she starts watching movies with like story and you know, because the whole time she was like, "Dad, when's the scary part? Is the scary part happening now? What about now? Like, now?" <laughs> I'm like, "I will fucking turn this car around." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's my cool of the week. Um. Also, House of the Dragon again. Again, still, okay. Still, it's it's still getting there. It's like I want more every time it ends, which is a good sign. Yeah, it is. So, uh, sure, good sign. I know it. I know it doesn't get a ton of good press, but uh, uh, I I think by the end of it, it could be good. All right, I, it cool. could fall on its fucking face, but we'll see. I don't think so. <laughs> well, I don't think it's gonna pull a Game of Thrones. We'll, yeah. we'll see though, right? <laughs> Um, Jack, apologies, man. Usually we let our guests go first. I guess I was blinded by the uh, smoking jacket, yet you're no longer considered a guest. You're part of the show like Pedro now. But uh, you got enough, a cool of the week, man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm i still kind of enthralled with the thing. I've, I've watched it uh, I've watched it three times now, but uh, wow. I absolutely loved uh, Werewolf by Night. It was... It was ah. right up my alley. I think it's my favorite thing Marvel's done since Endgame, probably. Um, wow. Like, okay. I don't know. It was just, it was on my wavelength, you know? It just, I didn't know I needed it, and then I got it, and I saw what's been missing out of my life since, you know, 2019. So, uh, Is that one on yeah. Disney Plus? Yeah. 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 Okay. It's, uh, I didn't know it was out yet. So they made it as a... They they call it um it's the first of of the Marvel special presentations so yeah. it's an okay. hour long feature so it's not a TV show and it's not a movie it's like a one off um but it's very 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 awesome so that's it looked like that's cool. cool yeah, yeah. doesn't yeah. doesn't wear out its welcome it I, I it's gonna be a regular Halloween watch for me you know it's just perfectly kind of tunes to that uh, frequency you know but it's really good stuff really good nice well brian since we're doing our our seven days uh, you probably don't have thirty thousand amityville movies right no taking a break uh see we already did our 31 uh week one recap uh so i'll go with uh 
my daughter is a big uh, Scream fan. She loves the franchise. After I took her to see the newest one, she went back, watched the all the original ones, even went through the TV shows. And um, my theater was showing the uh, 25th anniversary of Scream 2, so we caught that one. Nice. All right. A, and we both came out of it uh, kind of not really realizing how much humor there was in Scream 2. Because uh-huh. we were okay. both laughing our ass off at a lot of scenes, especially uh, David Arquette. Very comedic, in, that, in, in the, especially in that movie. I don't know what it was, but okay. it... Uh, he, he was just making us laugh, and uh, it looked good up on the screen. It was I, uh, the only screen movies I've ever seen was the original and the newest one, so it, it was good to see this one, and it made me feel old that it's 25 years old now. Yeah, seen it in the theaters or seen it? Period. Oh, uh, we reviewed it. Yeah, when they <laughs> said Screen Three was the best out of the franchise. I didn't say the franchise. I still think the original is the best, but I actually enjoyed Scream 3, and nobody else did. So, fuck you, Brian. I think I have that agreed with you. <laughs> I think you did, too. Oh, man. All right. I'll never live that one down. Um, all right, Brian, I'm going to double dip, though, man. Um, right. You didn't, but I will, because that last movie we were talking about tonight, I've got to mm-hmm. at least bring it into the light for the regular show for listeners who might not listen to our 31 days, but, uh, barbarian, which is, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a masterclass in how to make a trailer and not give too one. much away. Yeah. It's a definite top 10 contender and brilliantly written script. Lots of twists and turns, three completely different acts. It's like three different movies, but it all ties together at the end. It's phenomenal. And I will not say anything more about it, except that they do. They definitely lead you in a different direction than they end up jerking you and taking you. Have you seen it, Jack? Yep. And I totally agree. Uh, probably top five for the year right now. Uh, it's been it's been a very good horror year overall. Oh, it has. A lot yes, of solid has. stuff this year. Yeah. But that kind of stands above the others for me. Is nice. that one streaming yet? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Uh, Probably a couple more weeks. All right. I Not- believe they announced uh, the 28th, I think. Oh, okay. nice. All right, just in time for Halloween, then. Yeah. All right. News items, Brian. All right. Uh, I only got a few things. Uh, we're going to start with TV. Lance, I know you were asking about this. You were waiting for it to happen. And the TV adaptation of Mark Wahlberg's 1990 thriller, Fear. Oh. I was asking about this? You, Are you fucking with me right now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know who was asking for this, but uh, yeah, it's coming to Peacock. Maybe, maybe uh, Nez. <laughs> and it'll be streaming on the cock, huh? Yeah. <laughs> who the maybe fuck? It, cares about fear like a nothing movie from 30 years ago enough to watch a series 10 episodes like what the fuck maybe maybe they'll cast other Wahlbergs (laughs) just remake it but make the whole cast Wahlbergs twice as old as he does Donnie as the girlfriend in a wig actually you know what I would watch that they should make it would you okay we're going on a roller coaster you're gonna be afraid all right you get the one that cooks for Wahlburgers. You get yeah, him Wahlburgers. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Mike Flanagan's 
Oh, Mike sorry. Flanagan is no longer involved with Netflix adaptation of Something is Killing the Children. Okay, but isn't he still doing House of Usher? Yes. Is that going to be this year, or did Midnight uh, Club? He, he, he just released Midnight Club, so. Ah, fuck. So I got to wait probably till next year, huh? Uh, you never know with Netflix, so. Use that on the soundboard, Jack. Depends on when they go out of business. <laughs> Oh, don't say that. <laughs> All right. We know that M. Night Shyamalan's next movie is Knock at the Cabin, but he already has a release date for his yet titled movie April 5th, 2024. So I already gave him a release date and no, no title, no synopsis, nothing. Just a release date. Huh. That seems kind of backwards. <laughs> I mean, the guy's got to have a hell of an agent. They just keep giving him money to make movies. It's yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I think this is uh, through Universal. I think he signed a multi-picture deal. So keep you well, guys. George uh, Martin had had that. Yeah. We might yeah. be in business. <laughs> and lastly, sorry, guys, slow news week. Uh, Nicholas Holt is in talks to join uh, Robert Eggers Nosferatu remake. But of course. Of course. Is it going to be Jack? Jack, do you think it's going to be another all-white cast? Uh, who knows? Who knows? But I, I don't know. Robert Eggers, I'm, I'm, you know, he's on, he's on my uh, good directors list these days. So anything he's making, I'm, I'm going to show up for. What do you think, I mean, Bill? If you're going to remake a movie, you know, is that a good pick, one? Well, yeah. I mean, pick something ancient. Or right. um, pick something that, you know, they didn't do right the first time. Like, I'd love to see. I, I'm i kind of excited about the new Mario Brothers movie coming out. Oh, like, come I, on. I know. Are you serious? Oh, hell yeah, dude. I love Mario. <laughs> <laughs> but they have another movie coming out. Is it the same two guys? Bob it's, no, it's, <laughs> and, well, uh, it's well, he, he's dead. So, yeah, oh, I don't have kind of trouble with half of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess they can CGI it, right? He's the ghost <laughs> one. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> it's animated, and uh, Chris Pratt is Mario. Ah, uh, a lot of people seem like. to have a problem with. I, I think it's going to be all right. But, like, I wouldn't be mad if they did, like, another live-action Mario and, like, maybe got it right this time. Because, you know, the um, John Leguizamo one was – while it's fun, I enjoy yeah, watching fun. it. It's bad. <laughs> so could have done better on that one. I, I I think you should have gone back and, and remade some movies that maybe didn't make it instead of remaking the big shit. Like, I'm I mean, sure there's something kind of thrilling about the uh, the trailer just because it, it's, you know, I think they learned from the Sonic thing. But like, it's it's Mario. It's Super Mario. Like, yeah. it looks exact. They didn't adapt it. They just. Yeah, they're just making Super Mario into a movie. So that's like that alone is kind of cool. But you just hope that the story is yeah. you know, good enough to. Waste an hour and a half on. But. And Jack Black is uh, Bowser. He oh, no shit. Sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was Jack Black. All right. So I'm sort of excited about that. I just wish they'd do like a live action. I don't know. It was just an example. But, you know, go back and remake some shit that wasn't good the first time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, fair enough. Or something way old. Yeah. All right. Like Nosferatu. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll end the news on Super Mario Brothers. All there right. Uh, all right, Jack, you ready to take a little trip? Absolutely. 
All right, let's hit it. Let's uh, take a little trip down to the trailer park. Brian is going to bring us the big, the small, and sometimes the very, very weird. What's our first new trailer tonight, Brian? Well, our first and only trailer is Violent Night, starring David Harbour and directed by Tommy Workola, who was the director of Dead Snow and Hansel hmm. and Gretel, Witch Hunter. Was that the one with uh, Jeremy Renner? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was that one was. Ah, okay, all right, yeah. So uh, let me see. Quick synopsis here. Sorry, guys. Um, when a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. Of course, gotta save Christmas. Jack, what did you think? Uh, so I. I I don't know if you, uh, how many of your listeners are, are aware of uh, our, our man uh, Kupka over at Binge Media and his whole, mm-hmm. uh, you know, war against seeing any movie trailer ever, right? except for some reason if it's a fucking Rob Zombie movie, which I can't figure that one out, but it's a whole <laughs> other discussion. Yeah, I don't get, yeah, whatever. But um, so I really don't seek out trailers too much anymore unless it's for something big, like a Marvel movie or. I'm coming on the Horror Returns podcast, and I got to do my trailer park roundup, you know? Yeah, there you go. Uh, this I had heard something about this movie coming out maybe a week ago. I didn't know anything before then. Uh, watching this trailer, I sat there, and I just said, you know what? This looks like a Grindhouse movie. This has the feel right. of, you know, there are going to be cheesy one-liners. Uh, David Harbour's playing Santa Claus, but he's not going to be like the fat man in the red suit, and he's not trying to put on a voice. He's literally just going to be David Harbour with fucking <laughs> yeah, beard. <in> Santa Claus. <laughs> he's going to beat the fuck out of some bad guys. You've got John Leguizamo. Uh, I'm in, man. This trailer was fun. Uh, it said from the producers of Bullet Train, which was what the fuck does that mean? But Bullet Train was a fun <laughs> flick, right? If it's if it's got that kind of vibe. I'm down. This this looks like a lot of fun. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker! Yeah. <laughs> this looks like uh, this looks like uh, yeah, it it straight up is pretty awesome. I'm I'm loving it. You know, David Harbor is Santa Claus, and he's just kicking ass. Like, I, it looks like a lot of fun. So right. I'm excited. Uh- all right, Lance, bring us down. Die hard, so, but with, with Santa Claus. <laughs> speaking of Mel Gibson, somebody watched Fat Man and had an idea. And of course, you've got to save the rich little family so they can buy all the Christmas presents for Santa to deliver. Right. So there's your drop of cynicism, but uh, I'll watch it. Fuck it. My wife makes me watch a Christmas movie with her every day for 31 fucking days starting on Thanksgiving. So I'll make sure we sneak this one in. So nice. don't worry, boys. I'll be checking it out. It looks yeah. like time for a season's beating. It looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I know. laughs> He's killing somebody and saying naughty. Right. Oh, I'm only, only thing better would be if they could get Arnold, huh? But he's maybe a little too aged for that, huh? I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of liking David Arbor. Like, like. Uh, it's a stupid fucking premise for a movie, but it looks like they're aware of that. So I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it looks fun to me. I, you know, two two minutes twenty seconds, and I'm I'm totally sold. I, it, you know what? The first thing I did was 
I finished uh-huh. that trailer and I immediately texted my buddy. We we go to movies all the time, the two of us. I texted him like, dude, I think this is gonna be one for us, but we may need to be right. drunk when we walk into the theater. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. a little eggnog, huh? Yeah, yeah, a little something. All right, this one comes to theaters December second, and it might show up on our schedule. And that's all the trailers. All right. Let's move on to some listener feedback. Uh, This week, the podcast spotlight shines on Gag Me With a Knife. Does it sound comfortable? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, Every Wednesday, best friends talk slashers. Uh, This podcast is for everyone. You don't have to love slashers to love this podcast, as it's hilarious as much as it is informative. Uh, Your favorite final girl, final boy, and your favorite favorite final babysitter uh, have been watching slashers for most of their lives and love the comedic aspect of them uh, uh, among all the gore and slashing. Don't worry about having seen the movies. We guarantee you'll be laughing and having a great time whether you've seen the movie or not. Sounds Sounds pretty good. Gag me with a knife, guys. Go check that (laughs) one out. Uh... As he does every Halloween, our friend Marcus Will Turner weighs in on the group page with his 31 Days of Horror watches. Uh, always, always great, uh, great reviews. Uh, we got a couple of them here. Number one, Brain Scan. Uh, figured this humble schmo would start the fifth annual Horrorathon with an under the radar CD ROM 90s classic recommendation from the year this virtual yarn wasn't a full win or misstep. Uh, but definitely something to scan your cranium and see what comes from it, whether a literal hypnotic trip or a mild problematic sedation. <laughs> okay. I, oh. I enjoy brain scan for what it is, but uh-huh. classic. Uh, uh, that's that's yeah. stretching it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to wait to drink some more whiskey until after I finish this one. <laughs> Uh, no Exit is number two, a premise worthy of Alfred Hitchcock, uh, completely with a heavily flawed protagonist and characters who are not what they seem. A setting worthy of Dean Koontz with surrounding acting uh, as both an unyielding obstacle and metaphorical walls closing in on a near claustrophobic degree. And a bloody overflow worthy of Alexandra uh, Aha, uh, where... Violence is callous and unmistakable. Uh, the pot boiler of a thriller cleverly builds the tension strongly in the first half of its runtime before the delivering the pl- a plethora of twists that are unsurprising yet equally shocking and tantalizing. I'm sorry if I'm butchering your shit, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't super impressed with this one. Were you guys, Jack? Have you seen this? No exit. I don't even remember. No. Is it, I think it's a Hulu Hulu movie, Brian or. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it was all right. It was tight. That was about it. <laughs> Came out earlier this year, maybe something about in a cabin, right? It looked uh, like a cabin. I think it was. I think it like a like a rest stop. Was it? Uh, I'm trying to think of the cover. Was it the woman that played the meth head in Breaking Bad? In that ATM episode, and yes. it was like Dennis Haysbird or something. <laughs> yes. You got okay, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, pre- yeah, the crackhead and the president sitting next to each other, right? <laughs> I just remember her face because it's like she's really good at being a horrifying meth head. So, right. <laughs> very distinctive look, you know. Method acting. Method right. acting. <laughs> 
Uh, number three is Killing Ground. You guys seen that one? No, I'm not so. sure what this this sounds I'm like. I'm not sure what that is either. Five different movies. Ground. Okay. Hmm. Um, he says, uh, "Art imitating life, hellish and psychotic, a nihilistic reminder of what it can bring upon those who just want to have a quiet getaway, only to arrive at a stable ground, drenched in dread and death." Yep, another reason why I don't go camping. Thanks, horror movies. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, the sound, Sounds a little bit like that uh, that movie that we saw earlier with uh, Beth Dutton from Yellowstone in it. What, what movie yeah, was that? Yeah, that was a good from? movie. With like a bear attack or whatever? No, it was the. Um, damn it. Help me out here, Brian. The one where they. Her and uh, Magneto go on holiday. And oh, those and it's fucking like British kids. Yeah, yeah. Eden Lake. <laughs> oh, I heard that's pretty good. It, it, that one I, is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was surprisingly impressed with that one. Nice. Uh, all right. Bloody hell, number four. I don't know. I don't know what that is either. <laughs> I need to bone up on my bloody hell. Man. Okay. Ah, bloody hell. Sounds like a New Zealand movie or something, right, Jack? Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Overall, this graphic and freaky treat has all the markings of an honest-to-God cult classic uh, that's sure to stand the test of time. Maybe, but we'll see. Uh, watch it when you want something simplistic, cheeky, frenzied, rough, and above all else, richly entertaining, uh, as all B-movie styling should be. Bloody hell, okay. Yeah. I wonder where that one is. Uh, okay, here's one we've seen. Scream 2022, number five. There you go. <laughs> uh, one of the greatest slashers of all time has returned with a new film. Uh, this time, the wit, irony, shrieks, and violence are as sharp as the uh, and white hot as ever. Uh, bottom line, I absolutely adored this movie. Can't deny it. Won't deny it. Uh, it's a supremely sensational addition to the entire institution uh, in every single aspect. It's addictively fresh, witty, hilarious, wicked, and insanely entertaining. A sleek and ferocious treat, and a <laughs> and a half that masterfully honors its roots, crafting a spectacular entry in a series that continues to elevate itself classically and modernly. Might even like be better one. than might even be better than Scream Three. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think he writes his shit to try to trip me up. <laughs> uh, the Forever Purge. There you go, number six. Imagine it. Leaving your country and homeland because it's been violently overrun by corruption and drug cartels. I imagine a lot of people can imagine it. Uh, enveloping every street corner, capital, and hillside. Uh, a new frontier. The land of the free. And then without sufficient warning or provocation, the purge happens. And you're viciously reminded that this land is their land. Uh, from California to the New York Islands. And not only do they hate sharing it with those like you, they want to keep it their lands immaculate and righteous by cleansing it with your blood by any means necessary. Woody Guthrie couldn't have got it more wrong. Jesus Christ. Man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I haven't. Don't... This is uh, one I haven't seen. This is a blind spot. Oh, no, wait. The Forever the Purge. Newest. We reviewed this one. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. Good. With the. That's how much you liked it. You don't remember. <laughs> yeah, that's how much I liked it. Okay. <laughs> The Q, the QAnon shaman was on the. Was I don't on like the, the uh, fucking message right? of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, regarding Hallie and Chloe Bailey, our Amsor says uh, they look like creatures from the first VHS. Uh, they're cute, but those foreheads look weird. <laughs> this is another <laughs> late night <laughs> posting. Al, keep them coming, man. Keep <laughs> keep drinking and keep those late night posts coming. Like a five head. <laughs> All right. Brian posted a poll in the group with the new Hellraiser film coming out soon. What's your favorite one of the franchise so far? And of course, uh, the OG is running away with it at 57% of the total votes. Um, Zim Vader says three because of CD head. <laughs> I need to bone up on my Hellraisers, man. I don't know if I've ever actually seen all of them. You don't need to. You don't need yeah. to. Like I, 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 I know I, that I've seen some of them, but it's kind of like Nightmare. Uh, yeah, not Nightmare no. on Street. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Right. Right. Like I don't think I've seen all of them, but at some point, who cares? <laughs> I went through the the franchise the past couple of weeks, and we we will not be doing a retrospective on Hellraiser. Yeah. No need, huh? No. Um, all right. Well, our show and new T-shirt designs come from Steve Carlton from The Geeks. And be on the lookout for more great stuff from Steve. Our artwork comes from Natsulani, so check her out on Instagram. Uh, and if you'd like to help the show, please consider becoming a Patreon patron. We'll let you pick the movies for a future show at any amount. And for $5 or more a month, also pick a commentary for a future bonus show. Um, and if you have a chance, please give us a five-star Apple Podcast review. We would appreciate it. It actually does help. Or, you know, review us on whatever thing you're watching or listening. Yeah, whatever whatever platform you choose. The thing, you know. All right, featured attractions. This week, uh, we go to hell with the brand new Hellraiser as well as the 1987 original. Taking a lot of people's advice. Just going to hell. Uh, 1987 is what we'll start with. Um, a woman discovers the newly resurrected, partially formed body of her brother-in-law. Wait, what? Oh. <laughs> this is getting kind of porn hubby there for a minute. <laughs> um, yeah. she's, she starts killing for him to revitalize his body so he can escape the demonic beings that are pursuing him after he escapes their sadistic underworld. Is that her brother-in-law? Oh, I guess it is her brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Help me, stepbrother. I'm stuck. All right. <laughs> Director and writer is uh, Clive Barker, um, known for numerous short stories and novels, and also Nightbreed. And, uh, you know, Clive Barker. Uh, during an interview with Doug Bradley, um, dis- uh, during an interview, Doug Bradley described hell as a prison. The Cenobites are the prison guards. Pinhead is the prison warden. The puzzle box is the key to the prison cell, and the demons are the escaped inmates. Hmm, that makes sense. Uh, ah, Doug Bradley. I don't know about that. It might yeah. be a stretch, but I guess I can see it. Uh, Doug Bradley was originally offered a choice of roles between one of the mattress movers and the lead Cenobite. He nearly turned he nearly turned down the lead Cenobite role as he originally thought it was important that, as a new film actor, the audience should see his face. Well, they do, sort of. All right. But I mean, passing up lead mattress mover, though. I don't know. know. I know, no, that's that's (laughs) tough, man. Could be a career mistake. And I know, I've moved some mattresses in my day. All right. Jack Falvey, 
<laughs> what do you think about the original Hellraiser? Um, so this was the first time I'd watched it in a long, long time. Yeah, um, me too. I remember... I, I, I don't remember the first time that I... I've probably seen this movie twice for certain, maybe three times. Yeah. Um, and the first time I saw it, I remember watching it and not getting on its wavelength at all. Like, I found a lot of it to be distracting. It was clear that the effects were, like, very, very cheap. Um, the audio was, like, clearly <laughs> 80 yard after the fact with a lot of characters, you know? Um, which uh -huh. usually means that, like, they couldn't record on set or somebody fucked up in casting and they didn't like the voice of the guy that is in the movie, so they change it afterwards, you know? Are you, are you saying this looked like a Charles Band production? I mean, it looks a little bit like a Sergio Leone movie, but at least there, they're all speaking five different languages. Right, Here, right. everybody's speaking English, <laughs> and the mouth's moving with the words, so it's it's weirder. But you know, so there's there's like some distracting technical stuff with the movie that I remembered. But I tried to put that aside watching it this time. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said for for you know. Obviously, you guys review a lot of horror and genre movies, and it's one thing to say, like, yeah, you know, a younger person probably shouldn't watch this because there's too much sex or, or, like, the gore is really bad or whatever. Yeah, we tried to start this one, and it was, like, after, like, yeah. the second or third sex scene, I was like, all right, maybe this is not it, the movie. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Like, Hellraiser is, is like... Hellraiser is very much an adult movie because yeah. it has to do with with like a deranged person looking for the ultimate pleasure in life. And that being the thing that causes all everybody's problems. Right. Sure. But that's I don't know. That's a that's a fairly high concept idea that I don't think like a kid would get oh, or sure. care about, you know, yeah. Um. But yeah, so I think that like years of of experience help with understanding the story here. But I will say one of my other issues with this movie has always been that I've never understood the details of it. Like, yeah. So so this guy, you know, but you figure it out by the end of the movie. But like this guy uses a box, summons the Cenobites. Because he wants to have the ultimate experience in pleasure, and it turns out they offer the ultimate experience in pain, right? Right. So somehow he escapes them as a, like, piece of heart in his attic, and <laughs> he gets resurrected by cor eating corpses or, like, consuming right. them. And just, right. like, the details of the lore yeah. and, like, what the fuck? Like, it's it's... It's fun to watch, but it's like, you know, you make some jumps. <laughs> well, like, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you think of Friday the Thirteenth, right? And it's, it's a very simple, easy to latch onto story. Uh, you know, kid uh, is left to drown in the lake. The mother takes revenge on all the counselors that, uh, you know, didn't go and save him because they were banging. Like, it's, it's stupid simple, but like, yeah. you can follow that. Hellraiser, even watching it today or, or you know, in the last week, I, I you just get the sense that, like, whatever's in the book, it didn't all translate to screen. Like, even Clive Barker directing and writing this, he still couldn't figure out how to 
how to make the whole story work, you know? Um, so I thought that was really noticeable. I mean, Brian, what would you think? Like, am I out of my mind here or is, or is it like, it, it's tough, right? Like the logic is tricky. Yeah. There, there's, there's no explanation of why he gets to come back other than he, he says he escaped them. He just says it right. and we're just supposed to go with it. And he already knows how to regenerate his body. I don't know why he would have that information. You know, he's supposed to be a prisoner in hell, but he seems to know a, a whole lot of the ins and outs of being there. <laughs> That's true. Now, uh, is it hell, though? The, their hell. I don't know yeah. if it's Just hell, some kind hell. of interplanetary weirdness. Well, well at that's... the beginning, at the beginning, they said that the puzzle box could show you the greatest pleasures or the greatest pains. So maybe yeah. there's other ways you can go based on how you Which, figure. In this in this world, in the, well, in the Cenobites world, pleasure is pain. Pain is pleasure. So, right. right. Well, I, I have to say the one thing that came across better watching it this time was I understood more that. It, like the Cenobites aren't aren't evil, right? They're just yeah. they're just like beings looking to experience things. Like they're not. Okay. It's not like they're going after somebody because they just want to fucking torture this person. It's like no, you opened the box, we came. Like it's very simple. Like you yeah. want to engage with us, we will engage with you to <laughs> your detriment. You know what I mean? Like so, I, I kind of yeah. I did really like picking up on that this time around right. but and we'll show you the all of the extenses of human sensation yeah right right uh lance yeah this is one that i watched quite a bit because i had had read all the clive barker books of blood and that hellbound heart was a short story in that uh, probably just about all the short stories from all three of those books have been made into movies at this point I think I think they've made almost as many Clive Barker movies as they have Stephen King sometimes. So this was like a short story and not a novel. It was a short story. I, I guess you'd call it a novella. Maybe it was about a hundred pages or something like that. Okay. Um, there's some stuff that I think they get right in the remake that they kind of left out of this one, which we'll go into later. Just a few details that were kind of I thought was they were paying close attention to the story. Uh, but of course, Clive Barker right. wrote this, right? So <laughs> surely he. Under, uh, maybe he just had trouble expanding it out or something like that, because Jack is spot on when he says that uh, it doesn't it doesn't really do any world building. It just kind of starts you there and, and, and takes you somewhere else. It, it's a good study on, you know, really fucked up evil or not necessarily evil, but just um, uh, what would you say? People that kind of let their passions get away from them and do things they shouldn't do mm -hmm. like what. But Julia does, you know, obviously the brother-in-law is just an absolute shit, right? Um, Frank, you know, he's a he's a bastard. You know, he you can see him doing all, all sorts of things to all sorts of people and, and enjoying it, uh, no doubt. And it's kind of funny at the beginning of it. I had forgotten how cheesy that intro was with the close up on the dirty fingernails. And, you know, he's yeah. over there. Oh, the Mogwai. Oh, you know, and he's the guy saying, uh, you know, take it. And then, That's exactly uh, what says, it was. He says, uh, it belongs to you. It always has or something like that. I said, okay, great. I see what we're getting here. <clears throat> so this isn't going to stand up because <laughs> I've watched it three or four times when I was, you know, younger, but hadn't seen it probably since the, the mid to late 90s. 
Yeah. But uh, it's a it's a pretty decent. I guess I guess you would have to say it's a pretty decent character study on you know what people do when they let their passions get out of control. Um, like I said, Frank, Julia, and then you've got poor uh, Garrick from Deep Space Nine, <laughs> or Larry, as they call him in here, and he's a that poor bastard. <laughs> oh, he's the guy from Dirty Harry, too, isn't he? Jack? Yeah, I was going to say he's the Gemini killer, right? <laughs> That's right. Or is it Gemini? Is it Gemini? Or is that Exorcist 3? Whatever it is, it's the Zodiac equivalent. Whatever. What do you think? Is that it, Brian? I think Remember? so. Yeah. But, uh, so but no, like... He's just clueless. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. But... Uh, but no, I mean, I, I think the thing I picked up most this time was that the, like, all, almost all the characters are acting out of blind love. Like, that's all their motivation. So, so okay. like, Larry, the father, uh-huh. he's trying to make a home for him and his wife and, because he loves her and he wants things to work out and he wants his daughter to be there and he wants everybody to get along, right? So he's trying to have like a love for his family or use the love for his family to, to make their lives better. Right. Mm-hmm. Julia clearly loves Frank more than she loves Larry. And maybe that's more lust, but it doesn't really matter. Like she is completely blinded by the fact that he's asking her to kill for him. Right. I mean, especially since he doesn't have any skin. She's also blinded by how he looks, right? Like, she's just willing to go along to get along, which is fucked up. But, but yeah. Um, And then Frank, well, Frank maybe is more just out of of self-interest, but probably because he's a narcissist and and just loves himself. Loves himself, sure. Yeah, the only one who's... the ultimate high, right? Yeah, the only one who's not acting on that is is Kirsty, which, you know, that's part of why she's... she, She... her character goes the way that it does, right? I mean, she's the only person that kind of takes a step back and, and she's she's just caught up in something that she absolutely didn't ask for. It's just pure happenstance that she has to deal with this uh, crazy fucking situation, you know? What was that? What threw me off? Um, Brian, what did you get out of this when the homeless dude that looked a lot like Aqualung when Ian Anderson dresses up like I <laughs> he does. Like, why, why the fuck did he come into the pet store? Why did he grab the, the puzzle box out of the fire at the end? He, what am I missing? He's supposed to be like the the harbinger, the puzzle box okay. uh, keeper or something. He, he shows up in other movies, uh, well, played by different. He, yeah. He's always like a vagrant ah, or something. Okay, so he's a recurring I, character. I was yeah, thinking I'd, Satan if this is hell, but they sort of seem like aliens more than I don't know why. Beings. I don't know why he shows up in the pet shop and eats a bunch of crickets. Yeah, that's weird. It, well, he was hungry. Just, yeah, yeah well, well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, actually, thing, I thought he looked like the uh, the vagrant behind the Winkies in Mulholland Drive at the beginning. Oh. Okay. oh. The the, I don't know if like David Lynch maybe like was yeah like like subliminally influenced a little bit you know because kind of had the same like dirt caked on long hair creepy eye thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Rob Zombie. Oh, oh god, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Don't even need the makeup. So. And uh, rewatching it, a couple things because this was I've originally I watched this when I was super young. It always felt like a movie I shouldn't be watching when right. I was watching it. Right. Yeah. It Watching it now, there's just a couple things I don't quite understand. Is this in America or England? 
I guess America, right? I don't see why not. I mean, didn't most of them have a U.S. accent? I mean, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Accents? Why? I mean, he's a British you know, writer, but this, I, 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 I was wondering the same thing. I wasn't sure. You know? I'm a little confused by the <laughs> by where it takes place. Okay. Just just the the few times they're outside and some of the surroundings. And then I know there was, as uh, Jack pointed out, there's some people's voice getting dubbed over. And I think uh, some of them weren't British or weren't American. I forgot how it goes, but it's kind of confusing. And then another thing. They had to edit out the English Bobby thing. (laughs) (laughs) And later on, when, when we get to the big climax of the movie and all the Cenobites are coming after, I guess, everybody. Can, can Cenobites die in our universe? Because the, the fat one seems to be killed by the house collapsing on him. Is he? Well, that, a he didn't really do him. much, did he? He was just sort of a set piece. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he reminded me of? He, he reminded me of What's two that? things, actually. Lizzo? <laughs> okay, three. Um, so that that um, was it. Blade, the first or the second Blade? There's a scene where he goes to some some vampire to get information, and he's like yes. fat and oh, disgusting, and he uses one. the UV flashlight on him. Kind of reminded me of that, and then it also reminded me a little bit of. Oh God, was it? It wasn't the Bullet Farmer. It was the other guy in Mad Max Fury Road. One, one of oh. the one of the leaders of those factions, like midway through the movie. They, yeah, 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 yeah. That dude who had like nipple rings on and all that shit. The fat <laughs> bastard with the diabetic feet and everything. Remind <laughs> me of that dude. Uh, yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I can't totally disagree with you. I mean, I think this is uh, definitely a classic horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, character design is fucking amazing. I mean, you sure. don't get better than Pinhead and the Cenobites, you know? Um, I, they're kind of terrifying. Yeah. But fun, yeah, this, fun, spe- fun special effects, right? Yeah. Especially, uh, yeah, Uncle special Frank effects there at the good. end. I like the, I like the skin ripping apart. They had a lot of practicals that were pretty awesome. Right. Um, but yeah, the story is 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 slightly convoluted and uh, and and doesn't doesn't quite hold up if you go back and rewatch. People are gonna fucking hate us for this. You understand that, right? I don't think so. <laughs> no, not at all, man. I, for being honest. I think the second one's far better than this one. Do, is it? That's my opinion. Spoiler uh, alert! You check it out. I mean, um, I I think it's. See the way that I would I would say this is like yeah it's great that it spawned these characters in this franchise but I've only ever seen the first one and, and now the remake which we'll talk about right all I have ever heard and and the first one never impressed me enough to make me watch the sequels ever right. you know yeah but my whole thing is like I think this movie is 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 iconic I don't think <laughs> it should be called a classic because I don't think that it's a great movie I I think. There is a good story here, but it's just not put together right. It, like, there, right. there's pieces of it missing, and, like, there are great ideas, but I just don't think that it all comes together in something that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, for me, I, I would call it iconic. I think that, you know, obviously the character right. designs, the Cenobites, the idea behind it is really interesting. But it's almost also one of those things where, where like, 
and I haven't seen the sequels, but this first movie, it doesn't even define really all the rules of, of what to do going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, well, they like, seem like they kind of make up the rules as they go along anyway. Uh, yeah, I was kind of felt like they kind of threw you into a world where they expected you to know what's yeah. going on. Sure. Yeah. Good way to put it. Good way to put I, it. I think, yeah, I think that's a great point. I think that this movie could have benefited from 15 more minutes of some, some fleshing out of the ideas and maybe some exposition of like some, some Christopher Nolanism. Uh, anything, you know, it doesn't have to be on that level, but you know, I certainly would enjoy it, but, but, um, you know, just just give the audience a little bit more of a bearing of what these, you know, you don't need to, yeah. to, to start getting on the so nose about everything. Yeah. yeah, I don't need to know that, it, you know, is this hell or is this like some cosmic entity and they're being portaled into a ship somewhere? You know, I, yeah. I don't right. need to be told that. I just need to know what those things like represent or mean or like what the how they they go back to the main theme of the story. There's there's a lot of that stuff missing from this that I think is why I've never been able to like latch onto it, you know? Kind of, kind of like Phantasm a little bit? Yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. yeah Although, uh, like you Phantasm. know, having said that, though, there is something to be said about leaving it a little bit mysterious and weird, you know? Okay. Like, yeah. a, 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 there's kind of a mystery behind it. It's like some sort of ancient thing that we're like you said, we're not uh, like a, a movie that I wasn't supposed to be watching. Maybe this is some shit mm-hmm. we shouldn't know, <laughs> you know? Ah, okay. Makes and sense. I, that, that part is kind of cool about it, but it's still a slightly confusing movie. Um, we'll see if they fix that in the next one. <laughs> All right. Scores from one to ten. Jack, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, this is going to sound a little bit harsh, but I, I think for me, it's it's a it's a six. I, I would give this a six out of ten. Um, I think a that there's harsh. a yeah. Well, you, did, you, know, you I, didn't GC it, so no, not quite, not quite. But um, I think there's some iconic visuals here. I think that there are some great ideas. There's obviously a reason why there are now eleven Hellraiser movies. You know, it's iconic. Right. It's all those things. Sure. And it does have a really good score. Yeah. Yeah, Um, the characters are why there's so many of these movies. Characters are good here, and the score, I I will definitely call out. I really like the score to this, but... Yeah. um, But yeah, just there's there's a lot of potential. I just wish it wasn't... I don't know if it was budget or time constraints or whatever. I just just wish it came together a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Understandable. Uh, Brian, what do you think? I'm going to go slightly a little bit higher uh, with seven. I, I do agree with you, Jack. This I, I wouldn't say classic. I would say iconic because it gave us characters that people don't. If you don't never seen the movie, you know the character. You know Pinhead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you might even know the Cenobites. And um, I appreciate the guy with the, the teeth, at least. Yeah, <laughs> chatter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do like the practical effects they used, um, but. I kind of think maybe this kind of fell short with the, with the explanation of things with uh, this being Clive Barker's first movie he directed and not really being a director. So I, I don't See, think yeah. he he didn't he didn't maximum overdrive it though, right? No, because this movie would have been a slightly little bit higher on my score if it was. Ah, okay. <laughs> Bad shit, crazy, and high on cocaine <laughs> in the whole filming, huh? Yeah. 
And like I said, the the the, the movie a that ton of coke before they started. <laughs> the movie that came after this, I, I held it slightly a little bit higher than this one because oh, I, I think. Yeah, I think they introduced uh, a couple more things that kind of explain things a little bit better. So I, I would definitely recommend somebody watch that one. And, and yeah, seven. All right, Lance. For all for all the reasons everybody said, uh, seven. Iconic characters, yeah. memories of watching it. You know, when it was when it was a lot newer, and Clive Barker. But I can't I can't go above seven on this watch. I'm afraid. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna go seven and a half because it is iconic and because of the characters. Without the Cenobites and without Pinhead, it may be more like a four or five. But yeah, even even uh, Kirstie, she's not even a top final girl. She doesn't really do much in this. Yeah. Well, but well, if you uh, if you took the Cenobites out of it. It's basically just like a chamber drama, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's like a gothic family chamber sure. drama. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Got to have Mark Strong in there somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, or like uh, Derek Jacoby or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> British Shakespearean actors. Right. <laughs> Step it up from the Gemini killer, but, you know. Oh, man. Uh, at least they're not marrying their sister. Game of Thrones. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. Yes. There are what ten more movies in this series, so maybe. Yeah. And Brian can tell us. Hmm. Uh, he he does try to get somewhere with his niece, Frank. So. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. Who's your daddy? It's, it's nice. a weird thing. Your niece, especially when he's wearing her daddy's face. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Rough stuff, man. All right. Um, let's move on to Hellraiser 2022. See what you guys think about it. The feminist Hellraiser. Uh, a take on Clive, Barty's, uh, Clive Barker's 1987 horror classic where a young woman struggles with addiction uh, comes into possession of an ancient puzzle box. Unaware of its purpose uh, is to summon the Cenobites. Uh, director is David Bruckner, also known for The Ritual and The Night House. Uh, writers are Ben Collins, uh, Luke Piotrowski, and David Goyer. Uh, oh, okay. This, this is the first Hellraiser movie to have a female pinhead. In Clive Barker's original novella, The Hellbound Heart Pinhead, a title Barker dislikes, um, preferred Hell Priest, uh, which was not used before Barker's 2015 novel, um, the Scarlet Gospels is described as modified to the point that it appears sexless. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, with this reboot, all primary Golden Age slasher icons of the 1970s and 80s have been remade. Uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise in 2003, Michael Myers of Halloween in 2007, Jason Voorhees, uh, Friday the 13th in 2009, Freddy Krueger. On A Nightmare on Elm Street 2010. Yeah, not the best movie. Let's forget Jackie Earl Kruger, okay? Mm. And, of course, Chucky, uh, Child's Play 2019, and now Pinhead 2022. Uh, What do you guys think about this? Jack, go. Um, Well, everything I said about the first film and, like, the world building being 
kind of tough and feeling incomplete and not really knowing like exactly what the elements of the plot were huge improvement in the remake in my opinion because you know exactly what the stakes are who's involved why it's happening what is happening um i really really liked the way that they you know they, i think they called this a reimagining right it's not just a remake yeah. it's, it's sure. like a full yeah. i can see that. sort of concept overhaul yeah, I think. I, sorry, not to cut you off. I think I read that Clyde Barker called it a reconfirming. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, well it, it's funny. It reminded me. It's a very different kind of movie, but it reminded me a little bit of Blade Runner twenty forty nine, because really? when I saw that, I walked out of that movie thinking, "Wow, you know, that is somebody who understands the point of Blade Runner better than I ever did." Okay. You know, and I feel like whether it's one of the writers or Bruckner or whoever, I, you know, this is a, this is a, a remake dumped on Hulu, but man, I got to tell you, I think they did a really good job. In fact, I would go so far as to say of all of those classic slasher movie remakes, I think this is the best one. I really do. I think it, it yeah. understands the story that it's telling. Um, I think that the, the, the production design is awesome. Um, right. And and I love that they lean more into the cosmic horror side of things, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that makes it a lot clearer um, and it makes it more palatable for an audience. And, and I think, uh, while not a perfect story, I think I think a better story, you know? Um, but I don't know. Phil, what did, what did you think of this? Uh, yeah, no, I love the whole cosmic horror aspect of it, and it, it sort of makes you think about what religion and what hell is. But beyond the, you know, bigger questions is, uh, is does the story make sense? And yes, it does. I think it's it's very clear cut. I, like you said, man, it, the story actually works. Um, I like they made the story more complicated with the six different <clears throat> configurations and all that. Right. And, I mean, we know we'll get into it in spoilers, but uh, it it's more clear cut what's happening and why it's happening and more more fleshed out. Right. Yeah. More Hard fleshed out. Fun. <laughs> and I I I really love the Cenobite designs. Right. I mean, did they have to be all female? Probably not, but. That's cool. Were they all female, though? I don't know. They look kind of androgynous. Except maybe the other one. Yeah, they sort of did look androgynous, so that works. Hmm. Um, I I didn't have a problem with any of it, man. I, I, I thought they were they were really cool. Um, I, I, I loved the whole pinhead thing. Uh, the one with the vagina in the neck thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one was pretty cool. Right. She talked a lot. Uh, I, hell, they were all kind of scary, man. They, they they did great character design in this one. Um, less grotesque and more fashionably mutilated. Ah, you know, okay, I, like body I body think, modification. I yeah. think looking at the cast list, I think two were men and two were women. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, fucking, I retract my statement. Then that was <laughs> that. They totally pulled that off. I, I, I really sense. liked that all of the uh, clothing that they were wearing 
mm-hmm. was body modifications. Like what, there was yeah. no more yes. leather. Yeah. You know, really cool. Everything looked like this. A little bit of uh, I don't know H.R. Giger inspired. I think definitely. A, a little bit. Yeah, definitely. It had, leaning into that like cosmic and and like you know you're looking at it and you're like that's like just on the edge of maybe somebody could do that if they stretched their skin out enough. You know what I mean? Like it was. Hey. Maybe a little Creepy. bit like uh, maybe, right. maybe like Afterlife Cronenberg. Yeah, well, yeah, actually. Like like we were talking about earlier, the 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 body modification and ending up super androgynous, which sort of seems to be the society that we're you know running towards. I, you know, maybe in a thousand years, who fucking knows? What where does right. body modification go to after this? Right. Maybe maybe it looks like that. Hey, these are guys from the future. God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm good like this. I'm fine. You know I mean? Yeah. I got to wear glasses, right? but I'm, I'll live with it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I'll be yeah. dead by then, but I'm curious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, I, no, I... I I I totally think this worked, and um, I I I liked what they did with the whole Cenobite thing. They they played like a bigger part in this one than in the original, and uh, I think that was perfect. And uh, I I like the well, we'll get into that in spoilers. But like the <laughs> the 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 main guy at the beginning of the movie who summons the Cenobites, I okay. I kind of like what they did with him at the end. Even though he's not in a large portion of the movie, yeah. Uh, Brian, what do you think? I really enjoyed this one. Um, I mean, my judgment might be helped out by the fact that I watched all ten other <laughs> Hellraiser movies. So there, yeah, there, yeah. there was a certain point where this movie yeah. would have succeeded, even if it was a horrible movie compared to the probably the last six or seven. What, was Brian was Judgment the the last one until this one? I think if that's the one with Heather Langenkamp, I think it was. But was that the one with the fat uh, Doug Bradley doesn't play Pinhead? It's a fat Pinhead. It, there was uh, Doug Bradley didn't play uh, Pinhead in the last two. Okay. So um, if, if it's but, a fat Pinhead, did they rename him Pincushion? <laughs> they should have. They really should have. He was, he was a little bloated in the face. So, no, no bueno. Oh boy! You can buy um, him at the love sack. Uh, I, I liked. I liked the changes to it. Um, I felt like it explained the world a little bit more. Like um, there was a little bit more to just somebody, you know, playing with the box and just summon the Cenobites. There, there, there was a little bit more to. If you wanted the ultimate pleasure, you had to do a little bit more. You had to sacrifice, you know, we'll, we'll get to all that in spoilers. But yeah. I, I, I like the journey that you had to get to get to that ultimate prize. And um, I like that we got to see a little bit of the, the, the other world, kind of how it would mix in with the when the Cenobites were called. And the, it would mix in with the walls. The walls would collapse backwards and things sure. would open up. I enjoyed all that. Um, I liked the look of the Cenobites. Um, uh, like you said, Jack, it was, it was more body modification than than leather, you know. Well, the one that was all like uh, black was was that one in leather? Like it, it, it like the chatter one. I think that so, was just the skin. It looked like yeah, that. that was cool. Yeah, I really liked yeah. that one. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's yeah. Good I mean, the, and then the, the one Chatterer that one had like a pronounced sort of uh, shoulder line, almost like uh, uh, how do you describe this? You could see where some. It was almost as if somebody had pierced their skin in these like riveted spots. So it created mm-hmm. this like straight line across the shoulder, which yeah. I thought was like a really wild and like weird look. But the more you look at it, you're like, I guess, I guess if you stretched your skin enough, you could actually do that, you know? Yeah. So that the, the one that was like, I don't know, like bulging eyes and just like, like a red bloody mound of a face that that one would seem more ridiculous if the other ones didn't have a kernel of like well maybe you could do that you know like i I feel like it helps the design of some of the others help the more outlandish design of of like that one and uh one that pops up later which i won't mention without the spoiler stuff yeah but um yeah like i I don't know they kind of like they they buy some goodwill from you earlier in the movie so they can show you some crazier look in my opinion crazier looking centibites later in the yeah movie, sure which I that's, was that's the one i wanted to talk about but we'll get yeah to yeah <laughs> and Makes a lot of real, sense. real quick jamie clayton i think i think she did phenomenal as mm-hmm. the, the hell priest because she's not even listed in the in the imdb as pinhead they they wow. use the actual name from the book so and mm-hmm. i i like I like the look of her, and I liked uh, I like what they did with the voice too. It was mm-hmm. kind of modified. Oh yeah, way it that, sounded. Was, that was a trip. That was a trip. Uh, the the only down part I don't know if I like the main girl. Something. Really? <laughs> something about her. Something about her face. Is yeah. Bothered me. She didn't yeah. bother me so much. Jesus, <laughs> Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Brian. I'm with Brian. <clears throat> she. Uh, all right, fair enough. Uh, She'd take a few more fair classes, enough. I think. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? She'd take a few more acting classes. Might help her out. <laughs> yeah, it's just we're coming off of Kirsty, and I already said she she didn't really yeah. do much as a final girl. And sure, sure. Well, this it, one did also... a little bit more. <clears throat> Sorry, Brian. Go ahead. I was I was just gonna say, like, you know, this movie also reminded me of the Evil Dead remake. Because okay. you have a character who is recovering from addiction that gets wrapped up in some sort of supernatural bullshit, right? Okay. So if you're thinking of that, and that was like Jane Levy, you're like, oh, man, that, that was like a really interesting and cool performance. And then you get this one, it's kind of just like, eh, a little lazy, you know? Maybe, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe I didn't really buy her as recovering. Yeah. That could be, yeah. I mean, she had that... There's there's a part where she does take something, but she seems to right. snap out of it. I'm, well, I'm, I guess she doesn't, you're... she doesn't sell it, huh? Yeah, no. I guess it was kind of forced. I mean, now, now that you're bringing yeah. up Jane Levy from Evil Dead, you know, I bought her as a recovering addict in that right. one. So, but yeah, that's that's probably my only downside was I I just wasn't really feeling the the main actress. All right, Lance. I like I like what they did visually here. I like what they did with shapes and geometry. I like what they did with uh, almost kind of like uh, not not real not a steampunk look, but you know just sort of a I don't know how to explain it. Like uh, almost mixing of, of of man and machine in certain scenes, and then you've got you know these old school. Um, uh, see, I don't want to give too much away. It's it was very interesting the way they played with your perceptions with the geometry 
not only the box itself, but you know the the settings, the the other world that they went to, things like that. You kind of felt like you were stepping into an M.C. Escher painting or something like that, where down is up and up is down, and you know mm. it's square, but then it turns into a a triangle. And yeah, I thought they did a great job v- visually. This movie was fucking superb. There, I'm I'm really pissed that this wasn't on the big screen. I wow. really would have preferred to have come to the Seems like it should have been. This, man. Yeah, this yeah. was just, this was epic, man. Hulu's going for it. I'm telling you, they're swinging for the fences. There's just um, like Disney. So, so as, as you guys know, who, Disney owns Hulu now. And yes, yes. There's That's a, why we can't get our NBC stuff on it anymore. Right, right. You got to get there's the There's a, now. um, the, I, I read somewhere, and if I can find the article, I'll send it to you. Maybe you could you know, push it out to your, uh, your, your listeners, but there was some stipulation that if a film goes theatrical under the Disney banner, under the, I'm sorry, if a film goes theatrical under what used to be 20th century Fox and it goes into a theater, it would have to go to, I think HBO max Mm -hmm. and by not putting it in a theater, Disney now owns it and can just put it straight out on Hulu to bolster the Hulu numbers. And that it sounded like that's what happened with Prey, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. And this. Uh, and there may yeah. be a couple other films that they still need to release that, that may end up going that route. It sounds, you know, super shitty, like, you know, businessmen in suits kind of decision. But I, yeah. I'll, I'll find the article. <laughs> I, I might have some of the details there yeah. wrong, but it's it's some contract bullshit that allows – some of these movies to not get theatrical releases because of the, you know, the, the, the home video release methodology. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a gamble, but it seems like it could have made more in the, in the theaters than, although, you know, I don't know what. Ah, there's a, I think there's a pretty big streaming. Yeah. I think there's a big cult following. Yeah. E- yeah. Even after all the shitty, uh, <laughs> part well, seven and, and part like 12 with and everything. Also. Right? Like, right. Bright was pretty badass, man. I would have gone to see it in theaters. Right. Unlike Halloween Ends, which I'm going to watch on the cock. <laughs> Knew you would, Lance. That, that, is a, that really is a thing now, isn't it? It is. Watch a lot of things okay. on the cock. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, let's do scores, and then we'll roll to uh, spoilers. Jack, 1 to 10. Uh, yeah, I can't, you know, I reviewed this the other day on the Benchcast. I can't remember what number I gave it, but it's a, it's like a really strong seven for me. Um, okay. I've, I've almost got a mind to rewatch it too, but better than the original then. I think it definitely is. I, and I, I, I actually, I want to see more from this team with more, more Hellraiser, see another Hellraiser sequel. I want to see them flesh the idea out more. Use, you know. Bring back Jamie Clayton. See what they see. Another story that they could tell with these ideas. It, it kind of, you know, Tenet came out a couple of years ago. I loved the concept of Tenet, and I never want to see a sequel to Tenet, but I want to see somebody else make a story using those those time mechanics. You know, yeah. I, I kind of feel the same thing about this. Like I don't I don't necessarily need a sequel to the main character of this movie, but I would love to see different characters dealing with Pinhead and the Cenobites. Like it's just a cool cosmic horror thing now that I'm, I'm very much into well and all of the other optional configurations right exactly I, i'm curious 
Uh, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it an eight and a half, man. I Damn. think. It, yeah, I think it was better. Wow. Than, I think it was one point better than the original. Okay. Uh, because the story made more sense. I don't know if I liked the Cenobite design better, but and like it worse. So fair enough. I'll take that. <laughs> they sort of took what was already there, and uh, and made it more. Like I said, fashionable. It, but it makes sense. I like the way that they did it. Uh, Brian? Uh, I gave the original seven. The sequel after that, I would have to give it an eight. I'm going to put this one right in the middle with seven and a half. Nice. Um, I like that they kind of updated the look of, of the Cenobites. Um made it a little bit more sleek more more modern um i like that some of the the i guess the mythos the the background the story was a little bit more fleshed out um i think jamie clayton was awesome awesome as the hell priest um my one downside i already said was the main actress she didn't do horrible it's just i, I wasn't buying her at certain parts of the movie so yeah i'm gonna give it a strong seven and a half uh, i really think uh who's doing hulu and uh, 20th century studios is really doing a lot of good things here there's there's a lot to build off of that they want to continue this yeah uh lance yeah it's a, it's a strong movie i'll i'll i'll, I'll give it <laughs> i'm giving it a seven i'm giving it the same score as i gave the first one but maybe over time you know as i as i watch both of them you know back to back like this i'll maybe this one will elevate a little bit it's just I don't know, man. Maybe, uh, maybe it's the maybe it's the old man in me, but um, I just I can't give it a score higher than the original. But I give it a good solid seven. I know it's, it's tough to, but it's a better movie. You know <laughs> when I? It is a better movie. <laughs> you know when I do that? Better. When it's a better movie than this <laughs> <Right>. one. <so. laughs> All right, Jack. I'll use your half measures and go seven and a half. Like. I don't know what you're talking about. Half measures are for pussies. So. <laughs> Uh, all right. Spoilers. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. Uh, so I don't know about you guys, but watching a man have some sort of like stringed machine oh, rip God. through his rib cage and inner organs and like him have to just fucking live and deal with that. Oh God. Yeah. I, I guess the strings were supposed to be his, his nerves, his nerves, yeah. his nerves, <laughs> nerve endings or whatever. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. That was, God. that was his prize. That, that, right. that was his prize. The ultimate pleasure, which I don't believe sure. that's what he asked for. He wanted to, <laughs> he wanted an audience with Leviathan. Right. Well, yeah, but then he chose, uh, the liminal, uh, oh thing which was sensation ah okay and so he wanted i mean i'm sure he was thinking pleasure and that's not what yes. they gave him oh terrible yeah which he it, he could end up being in the sequel because the 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 last scene was him being turned into a new cenobite that was is that what that I've was always wanted to yeah see, yeah i've always wanted to see that mm-hmm. that's that's something we definitely didn't get in the in the first movie what what about any of the other films brian uh, a lot of the same Cenobites show up, and you don't really get all that. There's 
there there was a point in the the sequels where they kept doing this thing introducing a detective on a case trying to find okay. out who's killing people and comes to find out it's the Cenobites and kinda, he's, kinda in like own, Saw. Saw he's in his own hell and they kind of did that storyline of a few times okay so but goddamn never, it is Chris Rock again <laughs> you've never seen anybody turned into a Cenobite though until now I don't right? think so that was interesting and the angel wings wasn't that mm. interesting yeah. they say some call us angels some devils mm. um, I know the bells they refer to you hear bells when they when the I guess portal opens or when they start approaching and that's that's in the story in the Scarlet Gospels and of course as you guys mentioned before they, they only referred to Pinhead as priest mm-hmm. so it was this was actually a little it's funny to say this was more true to Clive Barker than Clive Barker's movie was I know yeah. it's, that's crazy and it's being like crucified at the end uh-huh very so interesting it was like great effects I mean, if we're and, and, and if we're talking about, you know, the Cenobites are hell or whatever, and he's being mm-hmm. crucified, some call us demons, some call us angels. Yes, right. But they're actually some sort of like cosmic entity. I that I do, those are cool questions for me. Uh, yeah, this yeah. this really reminded Great. me of a movie that we reviewed that I know you guys weren't too big on, but I really liked uh, the Boyd from uh, Stephen Kazansky. <laughs> Because mm. yep. it kind of had uh, a lot of Hellraiser inspiration, and it was like kind of cosmic. Okay. And I, I liked all that when when the Cenobites came. I mentioned how like the walls would open up or kind of like move back, especially that scene when um, the one girl was uh, in the van and the the whole yeah. band kind of stretched. That was and, really cool. That yeah, was a cool I, effect. Great music too, right? Like when the the music from the original films kicked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess yeah, that, that was, was Leviathan that was descending. Is that right? Or is that what we're led to believe that that was supposed to be Leviathan? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there, there, there does some, seem to be some sort of higher power if uh, Pinhead is just a like priestess, right? What is that? What does that look like? What do you guys well, think? The, you know, one one thing. That uh, so it's it's along those lines, but one of the the pieces of lore that and again haven't seen the sequels, so I don't know if this is something that happens. But so the whole idea of finding a configuration of the blade coming out and cutting somebody, and then them being taken by the Cenobites, right? So mm-hmm. the idea that at some point our lead character figures, huh? Maybe if I just cut a Cenobite, then they have to abide by their own rules, and she does it to the the one, and he gets like ripped apart, yeah. you know. Right. Um, that that kind of suggests that there's somebody else pulling the strings, right? Like mm-hmm. there would have to be. Yeah. Um, no pun intended again, huh? Exactly. We'll pull the chains <laughs> on that one. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I really like that aspect of it too. It's just, yeah. again, like the world building and maybe it's a little bit pedestrian, but you know, this is a high concept movie and you know, there's one scene where Pinhead's talking to the main character and she's like, you know, bring me two more bodies. And she just spells it out for you. So you as a yeah. viewer have a second to be like, okay, two more, two more mm-hmm. configurations. Then yeah. it gets yeah. to the next thing. Like you, it was, the script holds your hand a little bit, but it, I think it did a good job yeah. of like it did it well. bringing anybody coming to this story for the first time in on what it is, you know? And I, I did like at the end there, there was an option. She didn't have to accept their their prize you know right. her, basically her consolation prize was to live with the fact that you caused all these people to die and you right. have to carry that burden with you 
Well, she sort of <laughs> she sort of did because that was the first configuration. So mm-hmm. she okay. chose. It was just not one of the yeah higher power stuff. Interesting. Now, why is it that she got cut, but it, it didn't take her? How, how was she able to break the cycle or whatever? I think it gave her the option. Yeah. yeah. Did it? Can, okay. They you can. Her. You can come. They liked you can, her. Is there? <laughs> you can be the one, or you can bring us more. Okay. Right. So they were kind of using her to get to more souls or whatever, I guess. Uh, yeah. If you will. Gotcha. Yeah. In, in, impressive movie. Uh, kind of sad that I didn't get to see it on the big screen, but uh, yeah. maybe they'll release this. Or maybe, well, so Jack, what do you think is going to happen? You're talking about all the contractual stuff. Like if, a, let's say a sequel comes out in two years from now, do you think it would see the theater or Hulu or what, what would well, be I your think thought? They then would have the option to well again. So I don't, I don't know all the contracts, but I would imagine that this was a film that was in production when the merger happened. Okay. So I think that films that happened in that time span came under this weird banner of mm. you know we'll just release straight to Hulu. I think if Disney is making the movie themselves after this point, they can basically do whatever they want with it, right? I mean they they mm-hmm. own all these different platforms now, so sure. They could, they can do what they need to. I, I think. The evil but again, empire. I, exactly. <laughs> the fucking mouse house. There. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, but I, I don't know. It's I, I will try to find that. The new republic. That was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Jack, yeah, you like interesting read. You like Andor, huh? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Andor's been pretty good I so far. Haven't gotten into it yet. You guys checked yeah, it out? No. Not yet. Yeah, I need to watch it. Best best thing since the Mandalorian, I hear, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Strong. I mean, it makes sense. They got the acting chops for it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Jack, thanks for joining us, man. What's going on at uh, at Binge Media these days? Yeah. So uh, a bunch of different stuff. So the first thing I'll mention is that we're continuing our 31 days of horror commentaries. Um. The first 10 of which I believe are on the free feed, and then the remainder will be on the Patreon feed, the full binge feed. So Fucking five bucks a month. Commentary a day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm way behind on them, honestly. I'm, I'm on, I think, right. one or maybe two so far. Um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so, so uh, patreon.com slash binge media, five bucks a month gets you everything, um, including the full binge and our you know special show drops and all that stuff. Uh, and obviously we're on, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Binge Media everywhere. Um, we work with uh, ParkSense, ParkSense.com. Binge20 is the code that gets 20% off on your candles and room scents and all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, if you ever want to drop us a voicemail, number is uh, 708-406-9546. You can uh, bitch at us, and we will flame you online for it on the show. Uh, nice. Always fun. and uh, yeah, yeah. So there's a uh, there's a bunch of stuff coming your way. So all right, check us out. Cool, man. It's always always good to have you around, dude. Yeah, it's always great so, to be invited. I love hanging out with you guys. This is always awesome. Very, 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 very disappointed we didn't have any Batman trailer to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll give it a month. They're usually releasing yeah. something every <laughs> every quarter year. So. <laughs> All right. Um, as always, we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Horror Returns. We would always like to hear your feedback and ideas. You can reach us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com or just go to our uh, our new website, www.thehorrorreturns.com, and go everywhere you want from there. 
Brian, what's coming up with uh, any anything besides 31 days? Or are we putting all that stuff off till November? Thought yeah, you guys were doing wrestling show. Uh, we still need to record it, so we'll we'll get it we'll get it out one day. All right. Well, next week uh, it's our annual. You know it well. Our annual kids Halloween special. So uh, hope, hopefully somebody will say no spoilers, right, Jack? <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> um, and we're going to be doing Halloween ends. Are they ready for that, Brian? Jesus. No, 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 no. Ah, part of, part of the show we we are correct. We're going to do Beetlejuice for the first half. Oh, ah, okay. Then <laughs> nice. the second half, we're going to review Halloween Ends. Okay. So you're at least going to have a, a half good show, right? <laughs> or a half <laughs> half show where you guys will be happy. Yes. Uh, who doesn't love Beetlejuice? Come on, man. Uh, exactly. <laughs> All right. So- it on, man. My daughter will talk up a storm, I'm sure. <laughs> Oh, Brian. you know what? Before we go, let me give yeah. you one more retro cool of the week. All right. Oh, please do. Yeah. Not su- not super super old, but I rewatched a Halloween movie that I haven't seen in maybe twenty years, and I fucking loved it. And I totally forgot how much I loved this movie. Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow. Okay. Been a yeah. Long time. Nice. Uh, I had just watched the first Christopher Lee Hammer Horror Dracula movie, and. I had I, I said to myself, I'm like, man, I want to watch a Hammer Horror thing I haven't seen. And then I was like, you know what? No, I don't. I want to watch Sleepy Hollow because it's pretty much a Hammer Horror movie anyways. Okay. And uh, it's got like half the cast of that movie in it. But yeah, awesome. Such a good time. And yeah, just it had been a while. But that's that's a that's still an awesome movie. That's one that's one I haven't seen in way too long. Yeah, me too. That's a lot a, of fun. That's, that's a good rewatch right there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. All right. Well, uh, appreciate you coming on. And um, as always, Brian, until the horror returns again. Good night.